Smarties, today, Steph and I are sharing how we think about exiting learners out of educational therapy. The goal of educational therapy should be to be done with educational therapy. We dig into our thought processes and the questions that we ask to determine if learners are ready to mitigate sessions or stop sessions altogether. We do not recommend an abrupt stop. We always recommend a slow transition out, and we dig into all the reasons why and how to think about it in this episode. If you are on our email list, you got this checklist in your inbox this morning. And if you're not, go ahead and go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com to get that freebie. And we are happy to share that with you in your email. And we love being connected with you. So definitely reply back when you get an email asking for more information about you. We love reading it. We love learning more about you. Smarties, if you are interested in working for either CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills, California, or My Ed Therapist in Redondo Beach, California, both Steph and I are hiring clinicians local to us. If you are interested, we would love for you to go through our websites and apply. That's www.capedtherapy.com and www.myedtherapist.com. At CAP Educational Therapy Group, we are looking to hire clinicians who are experts or ready to become experts in ADHD and executive functioning challenges. And at Steph's practice, they hire for all the things from early readers to executive functioning challenges to adult learners. We would love to connect with you and apply if you think you might have fun doing it. We love our jobs and we love the teams and the team cultures that we've cultivated at both practices. Now, Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 197 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about how to exit out of educational therapy. So I love this episode Mm -hmm. because our job as educational therapists is to be done. Yeah, that was like the first thing that we learned, remember? The goal is always to be done and have the learner exit out. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we celebrate in the practice when a learner has gotten to the point where they need to exit out. It's awesome when the recommendation comes from the clinician too. Yeah, Parents get really, really excited about it. And so we like talking about what the end ideally looks like. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons why learners will stop intervention oftentimes before We recommend that they stop intervention. Look, there's a financial component. There's a time component. Priorities shift and change. Oftentimes, things have gotten better as a result of intervention, but they're not quite at that independent and autonomous level, but parents still want to pull back. Yeah, or learners just want to try for themselves. Yep, and that's another option too. So there's a lot of reasons that learners will pull back on educational therapy intervention. So we wanted to give use some parameters and understanding of how we think about exiting out and the questions that we are asking. This episode idea actually came to us because our team was talking to us about this. And we both thought it would be a good idea to have 
this episode Mm -hmm. and some frameworks and processes and questions to consider, right? Mm -hmm. So shall we go through it, Steph? Yeah. So the first reminder that we want to share with our audience, with you Smarties, is to go back and look at the educational therapy framework. So go back and listen. I believe it's episode 37. We'll link it in the show notes to listen to the educational therapy framework. So as a brief reminder, there's three phases as we see it for educational therapy. The first is assessment. The second is B, it's ABCs. Second is building and the C is competency. So we're looking for competency in terms of exiting out of intervention. And for CAP educational therapy groups purposes, because we focus on ADHD and executive functioning, we also want to be seeing, as stuff you do too for those learners in your practice, we want to be seeing that learners are independently maintaining their systems and updating them and responding to them and pivoting when appropriate. So yeah, those systems being system for organizing their time, system for organizing themselves digitally, and system for organizing themselves physically. Yeah, I was just going to say... Really, the question is, when we have a learner who starts educational therapy or an adult, Mm -hmm. what's the original goal? Why did they come? What do they need? So when the goal has been met and there haven't been any additional goals added, which happens pretty often as things shift and people need to be doing other things and there's different responsibilities and expectations, but was it met? That's the question. Mm -hmm. Are they where they need to be right now? And will they be ready for where they need to be in the future? Do they know how to solve that problem when it comes? You know, if you have a learner in middle school going to high school, are they going to be ready knowing what they need to do for high school? That's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. The next thing you want to look at is, are they independently supporting themselves or are they only maintaining because of the support? Mm Mm-hmm. And this can be sort of tricky to decipher, which is why you want to talk to your clinician about what they're seeing. Ways that we can tell that they're independently maintaining themselves is they are coming to session with questions. They are coming to session with challenges that of an assignment that they know might be difficult for them. Mm-hmm. And they are starting or have been self-selecting the appropriate strategy for the appropriate task. Yes. There's also, I want to add, that they are pivoting and figuring out when things need to be adjusted and they're figuring out when things are missing or they've missed things. They know to go back and check. That is one of the biggest things that I see is that all well-intentioned, but still miss stuff. Yeah. And so when they're still missing stuff and I catch it and they don't, they're not ready to be maintaining on their own. Yep. The next thing that we're looking at is their level of self-awareness. Can they talk about their learning in a way that they can express their challenges and their strengths? Yeah. Where are we in sort of demystifying their learning profile to them? And where are their parents in their own level of understanding? And where is the school? Where is everybody sort of at with that deeper level of cognitive understanding. Mm -hmm. The next thing is self-advocacy. Do they know what they need when they need it, actually? So, you know, in a lot of public schools, 
since I work mostly with public school kids, they need to ask for extended time prior to the test. So are they remembering to ask for that? Are they saying to the teacher, you know, I'm having a really hard time with XYZ. Can I do this instead? Or can you help me come up with something so that I understand this better? Or whatever it is. Are they emailing their teachers proactively? Or are they coming to session and when we're asking the question, have you emailed your teacher? Are they saying yes? I already did. Right. Or, oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's really a telltale sign whether they're ready or not. So the next thing after anticipating their own needs is, has anything else popped up? So Steph, you always talk about when there's early challenges usually shown in reading. It's usually not just reading. It usually there's something else that sort of pops up. Mm-hmm. We've done an episode on this. We I think we called it the whack-a-mole episode. It was an early episode because we were using the whack-a-mole game. You know that game where like the mole pops up and you whack it down and then (laughs) something else pops up and you whack that down. We were using that sort of as a metaphor for learning and how challenges can emerge over time. And as needs shift and as requirements shift, as more information gets introduced and expectations get higher for learners. So that's something that we always want to look for. Has anything else popped up? And if it has, have we appropriately taught them how to help themselves? Yeah, I like it. I like it. And that goes along with the, are they preventing forest fires? This goes back to our original framework where we talk about being able to prevent the forest fire. And so when you can see the forest fire before it starts and be able to know what's coming up and how to handle it, because listen, there's always going to be something that comes up that is not going to run smoothly. And how do they approach it when that happens? Are they anticipating it? That's a big thing. When they start to anticipate things, then we know our job is done. Absolutely. And I think we're talking about doing a future episode on this too. But the last thing that you really want to consider when you're considering exiting out of educational therapy intervention is, does the learner know what to do when they don't know what to do? So 100% have to do an episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. So we always say you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying here is do they know what to do when they don't know what to do? And that's exactly what happens often. Are they getting an assignment that they don't understand or they don't know what's being asked of them or even the directions? What do they do? How do they handle it? If they know how to handle it and get to the answer and solve their own problem, they're ready to exit out. Mm-hmm. And so these are some of the things that guide our conversations with our team and our families when we're talking about exiting out of educational therapy. As a reminder, we always recommend a slow transition. Yes. Not an abrupt stop for a lot of reasons. Some of the reasons are the loss of support can all of a sudden cause other problems to pop up. So practicing not having the support and then having a little bit of support when you need it and just to double check and make sure that you're getting everything done and how it needs to get done, it's a weaning process. We prefer that you wean out of educational therapy. What does that look like? It means going to every other week, then going to once a month, then 
potentially just check-ins when needed. And as the student weans out, they're able to handle more. You don't want to just hand them everything all of a sudden and not have the support because that tends to backfire. You can think really creatively about what weaning out support looks like. So in our practice, a CAP educational therapy group, we often see learners twice a week. And so we go down to once a week. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we go down to 25-minute check-in. It doesn't have to be a full session. So you can really get creative with this. And if you're having these conversations, hopefully they already are at this point. But especially if you have a learner who will raise the alarm if the alarm needs to be raised. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want for the learners in our practice. It's never, ever that if a learner needs to come back, which is rare if they've gone through this whole process, but if they ever need a tune-up or a check-in or a touch point, we're always there. Yeah, and it happens. Just sometimes it's great to when needs have changed and they need some updated systems. Or the rapport that's been built has been so strong that it makes them feel better and it makes us feel better to be able to look and see everything that's going on. And know that we have one eye on them every so often. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's reassuring to families as well. Because everything we do is relationship-based. And the relationships here matter and exist beyond the weekly meetings. It's so true. Even just, you know, seeing clients out in the world as they've grown up, it's the whole child. You know, it makes me wonder if we should bring back some of those earlier child success stories that we've done. If you haven't listened to our success story series, those are fun listens because it's our own clients talking about their experience with us. And it's often fun because the other person gets to meet the kid. And Yeah. And we're about to have a few episodes coming up of those. So yes, those are always really, really meaningful. That's another marker that we should add to this list stuff of like, Have we invited them on the podcast yet? (laughs) Fair enough. So we hope that this has been helpful to sort of give you some insight into how we think about exiting out of educational therapy. And we hope you have a great week. (laughs) Yeah, have a great week.